0: Hi, this is Joe from the Level Up Your Gym podcast. And today I am joined by AJ Roberts, who I truly consider like a Joe Rogan podcast level guest. I mean, the guy's background, his microphone hanger, uh, (laughs) tells you you're gonna get a professional conversation today from AJ. I was very fortunate to meet AJ almost a decade ago at Westside Barbell. A friend of mine I have a lot of gratitude for opened some doors in the fitness industry for me. Jim Smith was going out there to present we got in the back of his Pontiac, we drove out to Westside Barbell, we got there, it was an eight and a half hour drive, we got there at five, we got out of his two-door car, and AJ is like, hey, let's squat, and so we squatted, and we had a great time, um, I think my hips hurt for like six months from the car ride and squatting, and I was out after the time they were done with the warm-ups, and uh, was just impressed with AJ as a person and what his goals were at that time. We went out to dinner after and I got a ride in AJ's pickup truck. I told him I was going to tell the story and he had just written or was just about to release a bench press product because AJ was one of the strongest humans I had ever met at the time. And uh, he was just saying how a little bit of a bump could be a big change in his life. And to speak to him now a decade later, and just, we were talking a few minutes before the show about what he's been able to acquire as a business person in terms of knowledge and skill set. I'm truly impressed with. So AJ, long intro, but I wanted to give you the credit. And I thank you so much for making time to be on the show with us today.
1: Oh, my pleasure, man. And I miss that old F-150. It was, uh, I got it for like five, I moved to Westside, didn't have a car. And uh, I needed needed a, to get back and forth. And uh, one of the gym guys um, said, oh, I got a, a pickup truck you can have. I think I paid him 500 bucks and uh the the steering wheel the the i don't know the basically you go like this and the the wheels didn't turn right so um trying to get it home from his his ranch was like interesting Uh, and then found out i had like an oil leak. so like every other day i had to fill it up with oil and i had no money to to invest and get a new truck or anything like that and and it's uh it's crazy to think back you know like uh, i moved to west side because dave tate said you can either chase your dream and know if you're if you can achieve it or you can always just be a dreamer and so I ended up at Westside to train there and, and uh, I, I left. Uh, I was running a health club at the time. Um, you know, I started as the, the out of college. I opened my own gym. I failed at running my own gym. Went to hire some consultants, Pat Rigsby and, and, and Nick Barry, And they said, Hey, we have an opening personal trainer, head personal trainer uh, at our studio here in Kentucky. You should uh, come on down. And so. I was like, man, I'm not going to do that. But they said, we'll fly you out. You know, if you like it, I was like, they're going to fly me out. I'm going to pick their brain and get as much knowledge as I can from them, come back and, and try to keep, make this gym thing work. And uh, I went there and really, I didn't have a reason not to take the job. And so I was living in Spokane, Washington at the time. So obviously moving right across the country and uh packed everything up in the dead of winter and drove through snowstorms to get there and uh literally the day after like got there and then the next day they wanted me in the in the office working but it was an educational time but i was only there for 11 months because i was within driving distance to west side so i was driving four 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 and a half hours both ways so eight, eight nine hour drive on a friday i would drive there get out squat drive home so when you got there that's why i had that expectation and uh yeah that driving
0: was like, distance i mean nine hours yeah, like yeah driving distance like 20 minutes
1: <laughs> and uh and um you know that was when louis was like hey you're crazy enough to do that you should just move here and i was trying to figure out how to do it because the health club you know i went from being head of personal trainer quickly to being the manager of the entire gym because uh the current manager just up and left and so logically they were like well you're here you might as well do that you can do both we'll pay you more and yeah sure i'll do it i've always wanted to just say yes. And um, you know, that's what happened. And so all of a sudden I'm going, Oh man, like I have this opportunity. And so I took that leap of faith. And uh, I think I went from like making like, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month running the health club, which for me at the time paid, you know, took care of me and my family and my wife and ex-wife and kid and dogs and stuff like that. to like, I think the first month out, I made like 700 bucks, you know, trying to, you know, to, to escape Ryan. And at the time, my, my wife at the time was like, you, uh, how are we going to survive? You know? And so, um, You know, I was there doing what I wanted, but I was broke and it was trying to figure stuff out. And that's how I knew Smitty because we met at conferences and things like that. And, um, yeah, it's crazy to look back and say, like, that's where we we were and then where we are now, you know, hearing uh, your story before we jumped on live here with only multiple gyms and things like that. It's crazy to think. And anyone listening who's young, I, I guess that's probably the first lesson is is that where you are now, like as long as you have a vision, you have commitment, like you, you have no idea what's coming, the, the you know, the the good that's coming, because it's all about perseverance. And, and that's really what makes a difference. You know,
0: that's an excellent point. So there's a lot to unpack in there. And yeah, when I was out there, I didn't even think about it. Till you said it, I was riding the back of Smitty's car because I couldn't afford the conferences at that time. He had, he was speaking, said he could get me in. I was like, heck, yeah, I'll ride. Uh, I don't know, was 17 hours round trip total to out to Ohio and back for like, a day or two or whatever we stayed out there just for the opportunity to learn about something I was really passionate about. And then I got a ride in your pickup truck, which was probably you probably got ripped off for five hundred bucks after I'm just kidding. Everyone picks pictures pickup trucks now are like seventy thousand dollars. This was like AJ said, a field truck. And um but still when you when you meet people that have a passion, regardless of the stuff they have, you can kind of feel it early on. And it's so cool to talk to you a decade later and see you know, almost what you expect that you had grown so much and doing such amazing things. And so you have your perseverance for gym owners. When we do this podcast, I always ask for three bits of advice. So we try to keep it structured and and respect of your time. And one is definitely perseverance. And how have you seen that in the fitness industry, AJ?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now, it's obviously crazy times with uh, most gyms having to close down and some opening back up and then risking closing down again and things like that. But I think you know, the one thing that I've seen with successful people and, and people who are just always a pleasure to be around is this, you know, willingness to do whatever it takes, you know, Um and, you know, regardless of what's going on, they'll find the opportunity in the moment, you know, so for, for me right now with everything that's going on, you, you know, a lot of people have pivoted to being able to offer online classes or online training, and even personal training. I have People I know who are personal trainers who are doing Zoom personal training sessions and the person's at home, they're setting up Zoom and they're communicating for the hour they would have spent together. So it's not the same. It, it, it will never replace, in my opinion, You know, when we get back to being open, I think there is the people who walk through the gym doors, they're there for a, spec- for a specific reason, personal attention, community, whatever it is. But I think that that's the key is like looking at something and seeing what the opportunity is and potentially adding to your business. And, and that's one of the things I, I think hopefully a lot of gym owners have done during this time is, okay, like my gym, my members are there. And again, people run their gyms differently, but the members are there maybe four or five hours a week max. Right. Um, so, but there's, you know, 24 hours a day and there's, you know, I can create video content. We can do like if we're doing personal training, maybe we do group stretching classes as an additional bonus. Like what what can we add in, and how can we start to do it? And also gives them a chance to step back and look at their systems and say, okay, maybe I'm not doing what I the things the way I want to do, and this is giving me opportunity to relook at it. But that's really what I think. Like for most people, it's being able to see those opportunities. And you know, on the flip side of that, I do know some gym owners who who have closed the doors forever. And it's literally because they refuse to, to to shift. They refuse to change. They refuse to try to find those. They thought, we'll just wait this out. They enjoyed the time off. You know, they got, they got a little um, money from the government and then, you know, things didn't get better and they were caught off guard by it. And I think that that's, you know, unfortunate. But I saw the same thing in the restaurant industry. Um, John Duquesne, who owns Dragon Door, um, he made a post about one of his favorite restaurants sent an email closing uh, closing the doors. And I said to John, is that the first email you got from them during this whole time? Did they email saying they were doing like, you know, it's, it's a fancy restaurant, but were they doing at home, like you could order and they bring it to you or they, you know, did they pivot? And he said, no, they stay closed. And that was the first email he got. So they have his email and they waited to tell him that they were closing. Never thought to run a promo, never thought to offer him. never thought to even just sell the food, like, you know, make it at home. Like there were so many opportunities there. And I think that that's oh, like a really big thing people need to look at. And even if gyms hadn't closed successful gym owners that continue to grow, that have multiple locations that are able to create new profit centers, either whether it's adding nutrition, you know, a nutritional service or whether it's adding, you know, uh, other services for their members, it's because they're always looking for the opportunities, no matter what it's, everything is okay. This is the situation. This is reality, right? What's the opportunity. And I think that that's the, the passion that people have it's infectious. And, you know, those that are constantly looking to get better and improve something are the ones that continuously make progress and, you know, don't settle.
0: Yeah. I love, I love that tip. And I'm going to add just a little spin to it of what I've seen over the pandemic is that the old Steve jobs and it's, it's a tribute to Steve jobs, like real artistship. Like you find the opportunities, but you have to also execute on them. Like AJ saying, you get the emails out communication has been the most important thing we get on the day that we were closed down and have a conversation with our members see what they want um, see what their needs are and you can find those opportunities by taking action and just not sitting on your notepad like this part of it like my outline for today's discussion but there's gonna be some opportunities that pop up that we'll talk about along the way but you you have to get it done and AJ was talking earlier uh, before the call about some some software that he's created his company Genesis digital webinar jam, where it creates a platform where where some trainers have used it to do online training. I was consulting for a large gym out of a big city in the Southeast. They have some 40,000 commercial members and three weeks ago they were going to launch their online training platform. Like where you've been for the last six months, you've been closed for six months. Like it's one thing to have the ideas and Another thing to execute on. There's ways to do this in a meaningful way without um, rediscovering the wheel a lot of times.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And it's funny because people, I think, like they'll say, "Oh, I can't make a video because I have you know professional video." And it's like, okay, we'll just hold your phone up. Ah, but it's not. But it's like they don't realize that everybody they're seeing doing things at a high level started with the you know on that bare bones budget, and you know unless they have a bunch of money, right? And that's interesting. Like with that story because. You know, they were trying probably. They probably build a platform, right? How do we manage? So we need a platform. We need this forty thousand
0: dollars into an app.
1: Yeah, and when I, personal, when I did yeah. my when I did my bodybuilding show and, and and after powerlifting, you know, I wanted to lose a bunch of weight, so I did a, I did a bodybuilding show and I hired Shelby Stans and I hired um, uh, John Meadows. So Shelby for diet nutrition, John for training, and they both just sent me emails and P, and a Word doc of, of like the exercises and it didn't even have links to like the actual exercises just listed right so like here's a two these guys are considered two of the best in the world and their conflict their complicated email uh, uh, client system was literally just email me an update each week and i'll tell you what to change and then oh here's your training for the next 12 weeks if you have questions shoot me an email that was it right and i paid a real pretty penny for that more than most people would probably want to i worked with shelby for a little while too yeah and so (laughs) and, and it was worth everything but it was so simple. Right. And that's the problem. Most people, when it comes to uh, these ideas and executing on these ideas, it's like they overcomplicate it. It's like, just, okay, I got this idea, go and then fix it as you go. You know, you are always going to have your early adopters and they don't care about all of the bells and whistles. And that's, that's, what's great about in, in today's world with even with everything that's going on is that like you can pivot online, you know? Um, we go back to when we were kids. If this had happened, there is no opportunity to pivot. So the fact that we have this now, we're, we're very lucky, but most people don't see it like that. They see this, you know, as a curse and something horrid and you know, this nightmare is going to be over. It's, it's only a nightmare. If you let it be.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so weird to hear some industries are actually doing better. Uh, a friend of mine owns a bunch of franchise restaurants and they're like, yeah, we're doing takeout and pickup." We close the dining room. We have less staff, less, less, actual, less cleaning product supply because they don't have to clean the rooms. They do have some extra disinfectant. But they're like, yeah, our profit margins are through the roof. They got the yeah, PPP money. It's just the opportunity. They found it. They're dancing in the
1: street. Because a, now they're having to explore different things, and it shows them there's different ways to do stuff. And that's, that's what's great is that, like, for, for, for some people, this has given them new avenues. Like, a lot of restaurants weren't doing delivery before, right? Because their fear was nobody's going to come to the restaurant. Well, now they started doing do delivery. They've seen the volume they're doing. They could never have them in, that many people in the restaurant. They're going to open the restaurant back up when, when the time is, like, if they haven't already. But, like, they'll be out of open. But they're going to keep the online stuff. And now all of a sudden, their revenue has gone up. And it's like, what were we thinking this whole time, you know? But it's out of fear a lot of times we don't do stuff. And then when you're forced to do it, it's kind of like that's when you face your fears. If we want to get to a third point, you know, because we don't have any – we don't have anything pre-rehearsed here, but that third f- f- point is like, your fears aren't really fears. You know what I mean? Like it, it's uh what's that Batman movie where the, you know, everybody's drugged and it's just a guy in a, in a hood, but they all think they're seeing the scary monster. You know, it's like, it, it's just a figment of your imagination. And that's what a lot of these businesses are finding out when they, they're forced to try stuff. They're like, Oh, wait a minute. Like this isn't that hard. The things that I thought would happen, aren't going to happen. And sometimes they do, but it's never as bad as the mind makes it to be, you know?
0: I have this book, I read my kids and it's, uh, I forget the name of it, but the concept is a superhero that's fighting these ants, which in the end of the book stands for automatic negative thoughts. When you hear something like, Hey, I'm going to go to the the playground. Oh, I I won't know anyone there. You automatically have these negative thoughts and uh, it's like captain snout and the superpower question. And the superpower question is, are you sure that's going to happen? Like, are you sure that's true? like, hey, if we go online, all our members are going to cancel. Are you sure that's true? Like, you have to ask yourself when AJ is talking about finding opportunities is trying not to be on the boat and be on the dock at the same time. That's a bad place to be. You got to, are you sure that's true? Can you go with it or something bad really going to happen? I guess you got to jump and find out.
1: Yeah. And, you know, actually becoming a parent, that's kind of, that is emphasized so much because we project our fears onto our kids. Right. And so, I have one of the most confident, confidence, little 2 year olds She is just the most outgoing thing. She climbs on everything. She keep, oh, my, give me a heart attack every day, but uh, you know, she'll climb up something and I'm like, Holly, be careful. And she looks at me and she says, daddy, I'll be fine. Don't worry. And then in that moment I started to realize it was me who was creating fear. She's not scared. She feels safe. Now, of course you, you still have to have some boundaries, but honestly, like if you allow the kids to explore, they figure that stuff out for themselves. And I can't, name the amount of times she's knocked herself banged her head she's got a bruise on her cheek right now like like this but this kid is so adventurous and we go to the playground and she's you know she'll go up to any any other kid and say hey do you want to play like she has no boundaries she has no like when it comes to you know she's not she doesn't see older kids and be like oh i can't talk to them she doesn't see color she doesn't see like nothing like to her it's just it's just we're all here to have a good time You know, and so as a parent, I'm constantly unlearning the things I've been conditioned because I get to see my two year old and my my six month year old going through their progress and realizing like, man, they can like, they're already, they already know what intuitively they already know. And, and I'm programmed and these programs are being now projected onto her. And, and it's crazy to watch that. And so I love that ant, um, that word. I'm going to steal it and use it with her. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's a book on Amazon. I, I think it's Captain Snout and the Superpower Question. The kids love it. Um, yeah, I think science proves that kids are made of jello until five anyway. So they bounce off everything. You got to let them learn then. They get a little more fragile as they get older. But they're so yeah, close they're to the, the ground. In and, them and,
1: mouth. They're, I mean, you, I watched them go, how the heck do they do that? So it's a, it's a joy.
0: Yeah. And I think that brings up a really important topic too, where we need to unlearn some of the things that we've been taught and have an open mind, not just about how we were raised, but also how we, we see things in business. You know, right now we have people spread out. So we have, you probably have seen it on the internet where we have our taped off squares that most gyms have it like, Hey, we have one square, then 12 feet aisle and then another one. And so we have these 15 pods where people can exercise in. And we have a certain group of people who are saying, why don't we always do this? I don't like touching everything that everyone else is touching, sweating everywhere. So going forward, we'll probably keep five or six of them and let them do their personal training in their own private space. And that'd be a differentiator that, you know, something that I had learned is you kind of, it was originally the boot camp model. Everyone flows around and drips and sweats over everyone, everything. But now people are going to be hyper conscious of it. Even if you're allowed to open, it's not going to be the same. You have to uh, question some of those things that you were taught is taught when you're younger.
1: Yeah. And it's going to be fascinating to see how that, you know, this fear and, you know, the wearing of masks and all this stuff, which, you know, I'm I'm not an expert on any of that. So I don't I know what's right, what's wrong, but it's going to be interesting uh, to see how long before we return to normal and how these kids are going to behave having seen all this change and just how people are, because I know for me, like, when I used to see people wearing masks, before any of this, you know, like 2019, if you're on a plane and someone had a mask on, what's wrong with that person? That was your fault. Like, what? what are, how stupid, right? Like, that was just a natural thought that I had when I'd see those people. And now it's like, if I'm in a store and someone doesn't have a mask on, I'm like, what the F is wrong with that person? Like, it's like, what is wrong with them? Don't they have any respect for other people? Like, it's like the flip, like the, the intu- intuitive flip right so like like we've been like our natural fears come in place and so it flips the script and that's just interesting you know the the washing of the hands the hands are like we're definitely going to be a cleaner country and um moving forward but it's just interesting to see how quickly you, you can like your your belief patterns can be uh, corrupt and changed you know um and and it's and it's it's, it's insanity when, it, when you look at it like you're just creating this false reality but um it isn't going to be the same moving forward and we're going to have a new normal, you know, and, and we're going to have to figure out how do we adjust and adapt to that. And and the great thing is we get to choose if we, if we want to go a certain route and it may be polarizing, you may lose members, but you'll gain other members, right? If one of my, when I was running gym coaching and and consulting, I had a, a guy in Philadelphia, he had a building and it had six, it was, it was his gym, but it had six separate rooms. So it was all personal training, but it was like their own gym for each client. And uh, one of the most successful guys I've ever had, I thought it was a, a brilliant business model, um, you know, and he was only able to put six people in an hour, um, but he could charge a premium. But obviously anybody who wants community group isn't going to go. So you might be polarizing to one audience, but you attract another. And if you can double down on that. And, 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 that, and that's the beauty of, of the world we live in. And because it is so connected through being open with, with the internet, is you can find your little tribes and the people that believe in what you believe in. And uh, you know, you can kind of band together and and be successful. You don't have to be, uh, you know, try to make everybody happy.
0: Yeah. You can't be everything to everybody. And I was on a consultant call earlier today and they're talking about, well, this one member, you know, wants this one barbell and you know, this member doesn't like small groups. She wants personal training. And this other member wants large group. Like you have to decide who you are and, Niche down, because those people will, you know, those people will come and go, and then you'll be stuck in a model that you didn't like.
1: Exactly, and and that's people always say, like, design design the life you want, then build the business around it. And if you have that opportunity, that's what you should do. You know, as as a business owner, you have that opportunity. You know, if you if you're working for somebody else, you don't necessarily have that opportunity, and and you may have to cut your teeth, you know, interning or or, or you know, basically following someone else's plan. But if you are you know, the guy who, who pays the bills and opens the doors, you're the one who gets to decide what that looks like for you. And, and nobody, no coach, no consultant can tell you what that should be for you. They can come in and tell you how to grow the business based on their experience. But, you know, that's why you have to be very, very careful. I talk about uh, the inputs you allow in, right? You know, don't be listening to somebody who has a completely different lifestyle. And I learned this. You know, being the best in the world at saying teaches you some things. And, and one of those things is, as I became the best in the world by being the most selfish human I could possibly be. I didn't allow anybody or anything to interfere with my goal. And I was 100% hyper focused. And I've gotten to talk to a lot of successful people because of the success I had. Olympic athletes, for example, and they say the same thing. They're not good partners. They're not good parents. They're not good business. Like they're focused so much, but they become the best in the world, right? But it's, it's in this one thing. So you can't look at someone and say, oh, okay, I want a piece of that. I want a piece of this, I want, you know? And so you have to be careful the inputs you put in. And it's the same as they say, you know, be careful what media you listen to. It's, it's the same thing. If you listen to one guru who's telling you to post 100,000 times a day on social media, and you know, but they've got an entire professional team that's doing it for them, and you're just running a gym, how the heck are you going to do that? Right? So be careful who you listen to what you're trying to model because you can create false expectations that create this gap. And this gap then creates this, like, I'm a failure. I'm a disappointment. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. And so you're in this negative space, you know, find the people that are doing exactly what you want to do and model that, you know, and then tune everybody else out. Too many people are listening, you know, cause they're searching kind of for an answer. It's like, like if you just find one person stick plug into that person, and ignore everything now. So guarantee you'll have more success than bouncing around. It
0: makes a lot of sense. You get a lot of confirmation bias early on. And I say that because I've had it and I've had consulting clients that have it where they want to look out and say, you know what? The only thing wrong with my business is marketing. I need to get more digital marketing and they'll go out and bounce around from, you know, ad guru to ad guru. And they, none of them ever run a gym they don't understand referrals or reactivations or other pieces of the puzzle. You need to follow people that that have the whole piece of the puzzle and it can really help you along the way. And I guess as we go into our last 10 minutes here, I'll ask you a little bit more tactically on gym stuff. The last two things, referrals and reactivations are something that I've been talking about a lot because there are, it's less barrier right now because they know you. Hopefully they know, like, and trust you um, or someone will speak highly and bring them in for a referral. But right now, it's tough to get a cold lead into a gym where they have to, number one, decide to take care of their fitness right now. Number two, they have to decide your your place is right, which they always have to go through. But number three, they have to decide that they don't have any COVID fears. They have to decide that your guidelines will keep them safe and healthy. They need to decide that the other people in the gym are following the safe. It's like a lot to overcome to join one right now. So I've been preaching to people, like, hey, get your referrals and reactivations going. So AJ, what's something you can do to to bring some more people in or even... Get their length of stay. You talked about um, community earlier. So, what are some things gym owners can do to to kind of push the needle forward, get to the new year, and find those opportunities you're talking about?
1: Yeah, and, and that's such a great question. And, and I'm going to be honest. You know, having worked with a lot of gym owners, and uh, you know, been around the industry for as long as I have, um, the truth is is that most gyms suffer because the the they don't get results right. And so now results is binary in a sense that it's not the same for one as it is for another. But the reality is, is that if you want referrals, if you want people, you know, like asking, like you have to get results. And so that's really like the best marketing strategy anybody can have. And the problem is, is if you are a gym for everybody and everything, now your results are really tough to put a pinpoint on, right? Like, So we have weight loss, we have strength gain, we have muscle building, like we have different big, big items that we could pick. And then we have to niche down on that. But the reality is, is that someone who's a client is invested long-term, right? And this is fundamentally like the biggest thing you could shift to in your marketing. Someone who is a client is already invested long time, right? And so most people think, okay, well, that's the type of person I want. And, you know, we're going to market to that. The reality is, is that the person you're marketing to is not in that place, right? They've yet to, if you know anything about Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, if you don't look it up, um, Joseph Campbell's hero journey, but there's, there's the moment someone decides to make a change and then there's the moment they commit to making the change, right? And in between that is this uh, constant step forward, step back, step forward, step back. Typically when they're committed to make a change is when they meet the mentor after they meet the mentor now they go through all the battles right falling off the diet getting back on the diet the mentor is there to guide them to put them back on most gym owners don't understand that and so they're trying to market to someone to to you know come in to the gym and and really that person's just made a decision and now what we have to market to is is getting them over those initial fears so our marketing and everything is much shorter so when we're looking for referrals we're looking for things like that we have to go back and think about and and some quite the, the if you were building like a testimonial or a case study or something to share to have them share you have to ask them what was life like before the gym, right, and then what was the moment that you decide, what was the moment that made you decide to be here, and then what's life like been after the gym, right, because when you can paint that picture for them, like now you can go back and say oh yeah like my people aren't thinking about what life's like after. Like, Oh, you know, I, 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 I want to feel good in my clothes. Like that moment is only when someone goes shopping and they can't find clothes, right? It's not a strong enough piece to get them to walk into a gym, but, but, but those are important for ongoing stuff, but for getting someone in the gym, what's the thing that's going to break the threshold. And we saw this with COVID, right? COVID hits, and all of a sudden you can't work out anywhere, but all, all of a sudden you look out your window and there's people walking everywhere. There's the bike shops are out of bikes because they said a healthy person is not affected as much, right? Like you're more likely. So everybody's a health conscious, like I'm going to die if I'm not healthy. You know, it's too late. Like COVID hit, you, you don't have time to get healthy, but that's not logical thinking. People don't think logical. It's emotional. The emotion was I'm going to die if I'm not healthy, right? Which is the truth all the time you will die and you will die quicker if you're not healthy. Right. That's fundamental truth that everybody has. But when, when something spikes that moment that brings it top of the mind and there's true fear associated to it, they're running from that fear. So when you look at, when you look at your marketing and stuff, that's really what you got to figure out is like, like you want a referral from somebody, but most people like, it's like, how do we talk about that? Well, if you get them results, now their friends are going to ask them. Right. Or if you can pull the case study from them and that's the big thing is if you say to your members, hey, can you you know refer anybody you want, you don't get much response. You can create competitions around it. We've tried all sorts of stuff. It just, people are very reluctant for some reason. You get one or two people that are superstars, rock stars, you can double down on them. But the majority of people won't, right? Um, but if you can pull a case study out of someone, right, you can pull their story, you can film that, turn it into... Uh, think more of a documentary style, like where you're telling the story, you take some B-roll footage and then working out, you're telling the story, you put a bit of music to it. Um, all of a sudden you have a marketing piece that you can use and that's going to bring in, in in your clients. And so your, your your clients are always going to be the best people to get new people from. You've just got to figure out through referrals, you know, competition, stuff like that. But you take them, you create the right case studies Now you have an ad that you can run that's telling a story and someone's going to resonate with that and say, that's me right now. Oh my gosh, look where they're at. Because you are the guide on this journey. You're not, you're not, they don't care about what you've gone through. Now, if you're the only person who's had a transformation, you have to use you at first, but you're not the hero of the story. Your clients are the heroes of your story. And that's what you've got to start to leverage more versus like, hey, come do a challenge. And you get all these people who are in there to lose weight quick, but they have no long-term thinking because you never sold them on long-term thinking. So you have to start to think of that from the beginning. Like, who do I want? What, what do I want it to be like? But where are they right now? And, and, and the message is so much shorter. It's, it's not this whole, we're gonna build this amazing life in 20 years. It's, we're gonna get you from here to here and then grow from there. And you do that, you, your clients will do that for you by sharing why it is they wanted to sign up what made them commit. And then, you know, what's life been like now they're a member there, because that's really, really key is, is now they're there. I mean, they, they don't become a member and magically every, every problem's gone.
0: I think you, there's two things we can talk about to wrap up that you were just, just mentioned the last couple, you mentioned it twice there, the, the questions you ask. So tactically people ask, what do I ask a client to get a testimonial? And you shared it twice in, in that, and it was, and I want to make sure I get it right, but it was, You know where were you before what was the moment that caused you to to decide to do something about your health and where are you now after you you've been working out is that right
1: yeah and and you want to dig down on that so like you say someone so what was life like before you you joined the gym and they say oh you know i was pretty unhealthy well what does that mean you know same as you would in a sales conversation when you're trying to find out why they really want to convert you want to go back and put them back in that phase you know you want to get them to say what it is and like it's an emotional conversation and you have to be willing to go there with them because you 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 need that so you can connect new people can connect with that right connect with their story and so you don't want it to be surface level you want to go okay so you're unhealthy and how is that affecting your life like how did that make you feel like oh gosh they'll go and they'll go back to that in their mind but that is, that is the true gold because that's the real reason why they sign up. They can tell you a bunch of stuff, but when you can take them back, now they're out of that hell, it's easier for them to tell you the truth. When you're in a sales conversation, a lot of times people don't want to open up like that. But once they've gone through it, now they'll go back to it all the time because it's no longer hell to them. They're out of it, but they'll reminisce and they'll go back to it. But that's what people are going through. So that's really what you got to do. Those are three, the three basic questions, but then you want to go deeper if the person doesn't open. Some people will just open up and they're floodgates, but you know, if they don't give you like, if you don't feel like what they're sharing is really, you know, the truth, like dig a little deeper and by just asking another question about them to clarify it or, you know, is there anything else? Or how did you feel? Those kind of things It's basic, same as you would in a sales process, but you're actually now doing it to get the case study.
0: And to, to hammer this point home, I'll give you the opposite end of the spectrum. And, and again, this stuff I screwed up at the beginning, a lot of times you get testimonials about how great you are or how great your facility is. And that's what you think is a good testimonial. You say, oh, uh, you know, AJ's a great trainer. I love working with him. He's so strong. Like that's not part of a story that's going to be attractive to somebody else. You know, necessarily you own a gym. They'll probably check the box of you as a trainer, but you're not telling them a, a impactful story to actually get them in, which is the client's story and not your story.
1: Yeah, nobody cares about you. Yeah, like like I said, you're, you're the guide. So like just change your mentality. Like, like I said, if this is, if you listen to this and like you're just getting into things and you are your only story, yes, you tell your hero story, right? You tell your hero story and you will attract earlier adopters that want the same results as you. But you have to quickly understand when you run a gym or your online program or something like that, like you start to move away from them and like your understanding of them is different plus if you're working with multiple people like as a male i can never fundamentally understand what it's truly like to be a female so even though i might have a story that someone resonates with it's never going to be as strong as if it's a it's a female client telling that story so your your, your clients are the heroes they're the heroes of the story their stories are what you want to share now you might have some certain points or something that they highlight but It's not, it's not about how great you are, how great the gym is. It's about their experience with you and with the gym. That's what people are going to resonate. That's what it's going to attract people.
0: The second part of that, you just said it as well, is that you're telling the stories of your members and what might sound as an amazing transformation story to you has to speak to your ideal client. So I wouldn't necessarily interview if AJ was a client of mine and he squatted, I don't want to get this wrong 1205 1215 pounds
1: 1205 you got it right
0: 1205 pounds you know what I'm a gym that has mostly adult females like that's a cool story to say that hey AJ came here and he squatted 1205 pounds but not a lot of adult females are resonate with that story or or for 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 a real purpose we have one member who is an amazing Paralympian Uh, he had cancer when he was younger lost his leg he's he's pushed through and it's a great inspirational story that we that we share sometimes but there's not a lot of people that'll say you know what that's me i can do the exact same thing because they're not in the same boat so you need to find those stories that you wouldn't necessarily think it's you know the guy who comes for three months straight when he falls off after one week every time before it's the mom that might have lost 10 or 12 pounds uh, you know, if you work with youth athletes, it's the kid that added five miles to his fastball, not necessarily the major league baseball player that you met once. Like, the, yeah, the, and that, you that's a great point.
1: Tell the stories of the people you want to attract if you have them, you know what I mean? And that's how you, that's how you do become, you gain authority, you gain expertise is when you, when you focus on that. Like, um, you know, our friend Eric Cressy, like he didn't start as the baseball expert. You know, and now he's, he's the strength and conditioning coach for the New York Yankees. So, you know, it, it, I think that's right, hopefully. <laughs> but, uh, but like you know, like, but it's because he worked with baseball players and he told the story of, you know, these major league baseball players flying in he was, he's still he was working at the time with other people, but that 's not where his focus wanted to be so for those of you that listen and go oh, how do I, like how do we niche down how do we become experts you, you, you just selectively tell the stories of those that have been most successful with you because that 's what they 're going to attract like attracts like and for the it doesn 't mean you can 't take people on who who maybe uh, resonate with it and ha- but have a different journey it just means you don 't then back and tell those unless you want more of those types of people. And, you know, you have opportunities to, to create different messages for different people and different channels. Um, but when you try to mix it, that's where we have a problem. And, and, you know, so you can do multiple things in your gym, but just make sure that you have a clear path for those that, you know, are, are resonating with one story, you know, one story at a time, I guess.
0: AJ, tons of advice in this podcast. I appreciate you so much being on and sit tight. I'm going to stop the recording here in a second, but I do want to mention you and you, where people can learn more about you before we sign off and i know it's genesis digital so would you tell us a little bit about that and what you have going on
1: yeah if they want to find out more about me they can just go to my my website it's ajroberts.com uh, right now it's just an email newsletter i send out some revenue tips here and there on how to how to help people grow um, that um, but uh, genesis digital we have three products we have webinar jam ever webinar and Catra. Webinar Jam, Ever Webinar are your online meeting platforms designed to for presentations and classrooms and stuff like that. Um, and uh, Webinar Jams for live, ever webinars for like pre-recorded automated stuff. Kartra is more of the all-in-one marketing system that people need to power their business. So if you're looking to sell info products or membership sites or anything like that, Kartra truly does it all from page building to email marketing to affiliate management. Um, it's one of the only real true all in ones out there. There's many that say they are, but they're really one that's added some other stuff. We build everything fundamentally from the bottom. And, and what we what we learned was that when you're building a business, you know, you're told to get an email system. So you buy an email system, then you're told you need uh, a website. So you, you buy a website, but then you're told you need a blog. So you, now you've got to get a blogging system. And then you're told you need to sell products. So you've got to get a shopping cart and all of these fees add up. And so we, we thought, well, what if there was just one thing that did it all? And that's what we built. And so Katra grows with you as your business grows It's your number one employee and it grows with you and without the, the overhead. So it saves people a lot of money. People typically save, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month um, because they don't have to have multiple different platforms. So we're very proud of that. Um, and uh, if the people are interested in doing stuff online, they can check that out. There's a trial over there and um, yeah, we we uh, we have a really good community, and um, you know, hopefully, we continue to grow and a lot more people coming online. So, uh, you know, we're excited to help more and more people.
0: Yeah, and AJ, I, AJ's doing this podcast more out of the the generosity and kindness in his heart than anything else, because I, you know, it's kind of the leverage that. I squatted with him once and he that has earned me I guess uh, a generous 45 minutes of AJ's time and I would highly recommend checking out ajroberts.com cuz he does very interesting things and his story personally is amazing, he, what he's doing as a business is impressive and I would stay up to date with him. He's someone that I would I would definitely recommend like he said like attracts like get in AJ circle at ajroberts.com and thank you for listening to the level up your gym podcast and if you would like to hear more, make sure you subscribe and stop by and review the podcast.